you should be stressed and judged for it. Correct. Right. <laughs> Fill void of peace with, with stress, stress and, and judgment. judgment. <laughs> and I think we all do this. This is Other Maria, the podcast of our real life conversations about personal evolution, society, relationships, spirituality, and everything else. We're getting vulnerable in these good faith talks and sometimes respectfully disagreeing about which of us is wrong. Just kidding. There's no right and wrong. We're just two friends sitting around talking shit. Wait, talk uh, about deep shit, right? That's what we're doing. Yeah, enjoy. And we're live. Hi, I'm Maria. I'm the other Maria. We're both named Maria, obviously. This is our podcast. Welcome. What's up? What's up, guys? We accidentally podcasted right before this podcast. We sure did. That is a phrase we've now come to use a lot because before we started doing the podcast, we were like, crap, that would have made a really great podcast or whatever. Right, then we were like, oh, we accidentally just made a podcast after like two hours of talking. Yep. We had a couple things that we were talking about just now. Man. And then... There's a lot of things. Per usual, we've pulled some cards to (laughs) to give us some direction. (laughs) Unique New York. The arsonists had oddly shaped feet. (laughs) Wow. Okay, for your acting days. (laughs) No, Anchorman. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact, 70% of the things that come out of my mouth are quotes from Monty Python Python, or terrible Will Ferrell movies. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is a prison. (laughs) (laughs) That is sort of the topic of today. It is. It is. Yes, My brain is a prison. You were on a tear just now in a good way about all the weird voices in our heads that stop us (sighs) from doing our art. Our art. Oh, yes, yes. Our art. So I just, on, on Thursday, I had what I can only describe as like a religious experience. (laughs) Not to turn anyone off, um, but like <laughs> a, a poem spilled out of me on Thursday evening, Truly. such that like I was unabashedly on my phone at a moment that I should not have been on my phone, <laughs> like out in the open, not a care in the world, because I couldn't stop it. And then Friday night felt super inspired, and wouldn't you know, I just hauled off and published it, and then realized that there was a competition for a poem like in the same vein as what I had just written which feels very cool uh so I submitted it there but like what we were talking about a minute ago is like the hump that I feel like I've just gotten over is like detaching myself from my writing in terms of like identity and value and I think maybe more identity was the bigger thing for me because I am not my art I am not my writing. I feel like it's a thing that comes through me, but like it almost isn't even, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it anymore. I feel like I said it so well before we started podcasting. But... I know. That's why I was like, hit record. Where you were just like, if I have an essay that people hate and think is stupid, doesn't mean you're stupid. Right. Or, you know, don't like and think are dumb. I think you were a little softer about it, but that's not the same thing. But yeah, right. like there's an essay that people don't like and they think it's dumb. That doesn't mean I'm dumb. Right. And I think it's also like all of this was unconscious, which is why it's like very cool to be like coming to this realization now. 
it's almost like it was buried treasure that that was in there to begin with like those old beliefs that weren't working but there's something about like my concept of myself and who I want to be in the world Mm -hmm. who I want to be like maybe a little bit of like what I want other people to experience when they're with me or whatever that whole curated Maria and then like trying to make my writing fit into that and it's like does that align with like who I want to be and what I am and it's like no we just blew that shit up like I just completely (laughs) blew that up and it's like if one day I want to write something just completely off the wall about like a horror-esque character and then the next day I'm writing this long metaphorical poem about faith and surrender and then the (laughs) next day I'm writing about my family's dysfunction in a really funny way like that doesn't have to fit beautifully into who I want Maria to be or who I'm becoming. No, that's just the art that comes through me. Damn. It gets to be whatever it wants to be. Yeah. And I'm like not trying to control that anymore. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's still scary as fuck and like it gives me pause. And I mean, there's definitely a ton of fear around it, but I'm really actively checking myself so often of like, are you trying to fit this into the box of what you think Maria is? E Maria, not E Maria, <laughs> to confuse our listeners. Um, yeah, like, am I trying to make this be a thing that I think is in alignment? Or, like, am I cool to just, like, let it be what it is? And, like, pushing back against all those thoughts that are like, well, maybe don't say it that way, or maybe change this, or, like, people aren't going to get it if you do it that way. And it's just like, well, no, fuck people. <laughs> <laughs> fuck people, this is my art. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have to tell you this too. Many years ago, there was this guy I found on Instagram. His handle is like Lord Birthday or something. And I feel like I heard about him on like maybe NPR back when I listened to NPR. He had this amazing like backstory. I feel like he was like maybe, um, and Lord Birthday, don't come for me, please, if I got this wrong. But I might be conflating this with somebody totally different. But he, um, I feel like he was like maybe a Mormon or something. Mm-hmm. And... Just, like, lived a very specific life dictated by, like, very specific beliefs. Lots of structure and compartmentalization. And then at some point just, like, felt this calling to be, like, humorous in the weirdest fucking way. Yeah. It came out in these little, like, cartoons and lists and shit that ended up on Instagram. And he has thousands upon thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. And I can honestly not even tell you that I get his content i don't even get it all i can tell you is that it is weird as fuck and i appreciate it so much but he'll write a list of things that people have said to me through the bathroom door and then (laughs) it'll be something just number one on the list have you seen the mashed potatoes number two i parked my motorcycle in your back pocket or like the (laughs) fucking weirdest shit yeah and he has a gigantic goddamn audience right and i'm pretty sure that him First of all, he has a gigantic fucking audience. People that appreciate it, that like it, that it brings them joy. He's doing a service to the world, to these people that follow him. He brings them joy, myself included. Like, I'm so amused by it. I don't fucking get it, but I'm amused by it. And I follow him. But also, like, I'm certain that he doesn't walk around the world exuding that shit. (laughs) Like, he walks around the world as, like, a regular dude. Right. And people perceive him as a regular dude. <laughs> and he, on whatever program I heard him on, he sounded like a regular dude mm-hmm. that came up with the weirdest, bonkers, off the wall, 
shit. And they're just like these little like line drawing cartoons, weird ass lists. I don't know. It just, he gives me so much courage to like let my fucking art be my art. You know, and I'm sure there's many other people like him, and there's probably other examples that everyone can think of that aren't him. Yeah, and I love his little his little bio, I guess. Mm-hmm. It just says Lord Birth, but beneath it just says art. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, like, you know, artist. How many followers does he have? 241,000. Told you. Yeah, and just, like, find... Following 278. Right. Like, like... <laughs> Romantic nicknames you can call your lover to get them in the mood. Part five. And then there's two people pointing at each other. One just says, come to me. And then it's like, golden latte, lady bountiful, kin's knife accident, be not so distant, international bird brains, the occasional someone. Oh, I missed the alien pilot. See? Here, Christianity. Like, what? None of this shit makes Little sense. Little eyes, alarmingly big head. Right? Like, call your lover back. See how that goes. Right? So no, so- and literally it's got 14,300 likes. Right. And so, like, for me, seeing stuff like that, and, like, he's just the clearest example. I know that there are more that I have encountered and certainly oh. that other people can think of, but just, I don't know. Just, like, allowing that bonkers-ass shit to be out there. Right. And knowing that there is an audience Always. of people that it will bring Always. either joy or hope or something to whatever people are seeking. Whoever is seeking what you are providing, like, that will be your audience. Right. And, like, it's not necessarily going to be the people closest to you. And that was the other thing I was saying. That's what we were started. talking about before we recorded, yeah. Because I think there was, for me, like, an element of also very unconsciously... I want the people that love and like me to love and like my art. And that's not necessarily going to work out. Mm-hmm. And like being okay with that. And knowing that. So like when I sent it to you and Emma, the poem that I wrote over the weekend. I sent it to you and Emma. And I sent it to like maybe five or six other people. Mm-hmm. That I wanted them to know that it existed. Mm-hmm. And I intentionally was just like, I'm not going to pay attention to anybody's feedback. Yeah. None. I can tell you what people said, but it was just like boundary up because whether people like it or people don't like it, it actually can't matter. And back to the first thing that I was saying is the people that love and like me don't need to love and like my art in order to prove that there are people that will love and like my art. Yeah, which is very true. Not something that I I wasn't able to parse that out earlier. Mm -hmm. And I think that's held me back for a long time. Totally. And now I'm just like very, very excited for all of the stuff that I am going to allow to be. And I don't think that it's an accident either that at this point in time, like I'm working in a restaurant a couple days a week now, which <laughs> look at me being staying up late and being extroverted. But Maria used to go to bed at nine and hang out with no one. Correct. <laughs> but it's it's not lost on me like that the timing of it too puts me in a position where a lot of people asking me oh what do you write about because you told them you're a writer right yeah. and and it's so cool to just like let myself spit out what are you writing f- about what, yeah. are, what am I <laughs> writing about right. because I used to think like oh I need to have like an elevator pitch or something or like how do I make what I'm doing sound sexy alluring and it's just like mm-hmm. well, I don't know I accidentally wrote a poem and then I also did this other thing. I'm like, I don't know, I'm kind of just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Like, mm-hmm. 
which is what I'm doing. <laughs> and so often people are like, oh my God, you should send me something. Like, I'd love to, oh, that sounds really cool. And getting that feedback mm-hmm. is so encouraging. Totally. It's so encouraging. You talk like a fucking writer. Thanks, girl. Mm-hmm. The highest of compliments. <laughs> there, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, anyway. So now you guys are all caught up. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> I feel vulnerable and uncomfortable. No, I am not checked out. I am actually, like, all up in my own shit now that you're talking. And I'm like, hot damn, girl, give me whatever you are taking. You're not taking anything but radical self. No, yeah, I'm not on anything. I don't need to be on anything. But should we talk about the cards? Or do you want to respond to, like, some of the stuff that I said and talked about for you? Yeah, I mean, what was coming up for me was trying to relate everything you just said to singing. And finding ways that I was, my brain was like, but that's not the same. And I Ooh. already know it is. Right. So that's why I was like, well, what are you talking about, brain? Because it is. So what are you talking about? Right. I think because with singing, I'm not writing my own content. I have so many blocks around fucking music, as we all know. Okay, listeners, I have lots of blocks around music. Um, Maria's a vocalist. Okay, haha. But Other Maria, not me. No, I sing. And I'm a musician, but I don't do anything with it. So like several years ago at this point, the first step of getting out of the blockages was even just saying I was a singer, even though I literally went to college for it and grew up singing. She has a bachelor's degree. (laughs) LOL. I couldn't even say I was a singer, but long story short, that's as far as I've gotten with it. And so to this day, when I tell people I'm a singer, they're like, oh my God, what kind of music do you sing? I have no idea how to answer that. I hate that question. Hmm. But what I was also going to say is, like, I have blockages around writing music, too. Sure, fine, cool. Worked through some of them a couple years ago and wrote some stuff, but, like, haven't since. So, fine. But I feel like they're two separate things, the writing music and the singing itself, because I can sing songs that I didn't write. And then it feels much more... And this isn't true. (laughs) It feels easier to put pressure on myself in that way of, like, being good or bad at singing. Versus caring that I'm putting it out and not caring what anyone thinks. I don't know if that makes sense, but that was where I was going with it in my head. Because, like, if I wrote it, then it's, like, caring if people like the song or not. Mm -hmm. And then detaching from that. But it's, like, if I'm just singing, it's people liking my voice. Yeah. Which I know has to be similar to writing any other art, but that's where my brain is going. It's somehow more personal. It's more personal. And I didn't really want to say that because I'm not saying it is, but it is it is personal at the very least. It's just a very personal thing. I get what you're saying so much because mm-hmm. I think I could almost on a level get there with dance. Yes. Because 100%. a painter, their medium is, gets outside of them. Right. With me, like my tool writing, it's words. Right. For a singer, your tool is... Your body. Literally, yes, literally, it's literally your body. inside of you. It You're is correct. your fucking body, which, yeah. like, what is more personal than that? Right. I get that. And I know we're going to, like, deep dive into this today and at later dates, but that's what it like, was coming up. Yeah. We'll pause the podcast. We'll dig really deep into it. Really, really, really deep. Forget, <laughs> forget to ever talk about it on the podcast again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We've done that with everything else. With everything else, right. <laughs> but that's what comes up. That was what was coming up while you were talking because I was like, 
oh, I wish that I, I could figure out the ways to relate it, which I will, because I, I really think everything you said was really important and meaningful and true, and I can relate in certain ways, but, like, that was some of the stuff that was coming up. So that why it's so personal around singing for me is that it's my physical voice. But I can't, can't claim that it's harder to take the outside world's anything, whatever it is, you know, X, Y, or Z. Yeah, I can't was, really claim that, you know. I was going to ask that. Like, so it would be less vulnerable if you were putting something out in the world that you had written. I think in a way. I'm not, okay. but that's the thing. I push myself all the time. I push myself through feelings of like, should I post that? Things I've written. Whether or not I'm like a writer and writing long things. I can write long posts. I can write short posts. I can write ideas that I'm feeling. And I'll definitely like think about how am I going to be received or how am I going to be perceived or how am I going to come across or what am I trying to get across. But I can work through that stuff so much better than seeing. Yeah. And I think it's probably still down to the same stuff. It's just buried really deep with the singing because of that. And I'm trying more to just put myself singing out videos. You know, I've put up more videos recently of me just randomly singing. But, like, I'm not proud of them. <laughs> I don't feel that bad about them, but it's just an exercise for me to, like, do it. Yeah. But I'm not, like, that's me at my, but I really sound good in these, you know. And that's yeah. really hard, too, to start there. Where everyone does that, though, you know. Like, I and that's it- the perfectionist thing. And I... Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. 100%. I think you have to do that, too. And, like, that was one of the things that someone said, art is never finished. Right. Whatever it is, it's never finished. You just have to get it to a place where you're, like, art is the supreme act of self-love and self-acceptance. Yeah. You have to get to a place where you're just, like, that's fucking good enough. Right. Because it will, it will, it will never be perfect and it will also never be done. Mm-hmm. Like you can twist yourself in knots and turn purple and be in circles for weeks. Like I know I can over a sentence or like I have it one way and then next week I change it. And then the next week I want to change it back. And it's just like cut yourself off. Right. You have to cut yourself off. You will start overdoing it. I know. Right. Just totally like with anything. Also in what you said, I don't have to be proud of everything that I put out. Right. I have to be done with it. Is right. what I have to be. Right. That's good enough. I'm done. This needs the light of day. Basically, there was some there was some thread to that. It was something about like you know if you're you're gonna look back on your older art and like your shit's gonna be dead. You're gonna look back and it's gonna be dead, and like you're not gonna regret it, and you're not and you're gonna be so grateful for that version of things and who you were then and blah 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 blah. That whole thing. Yes. You know. <laughs> I really agree with that though because I think first of all like if you are not. If I'm looking back on my old shit and I don't think it's terrible, then I haven't grown. That's too. Artist. 100%. That's one thing. 100%. But then the other thing is that, like, yes, it's fucking necessary. Mm-hmm. It is so necessary mm-hmm. for, like, it to just be out there and done and good enough. Everything that I've written in the last month, like, I can't wait to, like, put it out into the world and then look at it in six months and be so embarrassed by it. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, can't yeah. wait. I can't wait to be embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> it hurt me, hurt me. Totally. Yeah, though. I don't know, man. I struggle. It's bad. I struggle on, like, what to sing. I'm tired of singing other people's stuff is the problem. I'm not going to sound like other people. So if I'm doing covers all the time, and then I'm like, oh, you should work on, like, making covers your own. La, la, la. I just don't. I don't know. It's just, like, a very 
Maria, because the best thing that you've just said is just like, I'm not going to sound like other people. That's the fucking point. I know that. And I learned that at Berkeley. I learned that at Berkeley. You have to take private lessons at Berkeley for at least four semesters. And then like if you're in performance, you take it for like at least eight or... It was Berkeley College of Music, not California Berkeley. And like, it was weird. They always did everything by semesters. I will never forget. I had a couple of experiences that like... Really, the artist's way, I didn't ever do, but, like, I, that first chapter, first two chapters, and then the idea of it stuck, and so I started to, like, experiment in the, in, like, those thought processes of, like, what did I go through at Berkeley, and Berkeley really, like, fucked me up. Whether or not it meant to, I just, woo! It was a very expensive fuck-up. Very expensive fuck-up. But so did choirs, so that's, uh, you know, whatever. My choir I was growing up in. Okay. I had this voice instructor who I remember I was singing a... Sarah Varela's song, I think. And she literally at one point gave me the critique and note that I wasn't like singing it exactly like her, like the literal notes. There was like one small part. It might have even been a Jewel song, but either way, one small part where it was like, I didn't sound bad at that part. I didn't sing out of tune at that part. I wasn't out of key in that part. I just didn't sing the exact notes that that person had sung. And in fact, she should have been like, oh, fuck yeah, you just made it your own. But instead, she actually stopped me and had me exactly mimic the, the singer. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. That makes me so sad. Right. And stuff like that happened all the time. The teacher that I disliked the most, who I'll never remember her name, I had her for one semester in an ensemble class, which is where there's like one of each instrument. So it's basically a band. So I was like, I was a singer and there was a bassist and there was a guitarist and there was a drummer, but they're all from their own, you know, that's their instrument at the school. And so we were all to like play together on our main instrument. And literally we did a fucking sting song. And I remember this fucking teacher getting on my case that it didn't sound more like the recording. And I'm like, that's a man. (laughs) And it wasn't like, I want you to sound more empowered or like or you know i don't know like it, it, you know actually you like have that teacher's home address i know <laughs> yeah no stuff like that happened all the time at Berkeley, name where home i was told to sound more like an artist that i was never going to sound like and there was no encouragement to sound so how did you come out of that then because i'm trying to remember something connected the dots and then i remember learning the exact opposite and being like holy fuck I have been missing something very important to, like, my voice, which is that I have to find my voice. Because you're like, this is one of those, be yourself. (laughs) It's the, find your own voice. You're like, how? How? Can somebody tell me what the fuck you mean by find your voice? You just have to love yourself. You just have to love yourself. Yes, bitch. How? How? (laughs) Yeah. You just have to believe in yourself. (laughs) Just be more confident. Just be more confident. Just know that, like, you can do anything. <laughs> you can achieve anything. If you believe. Like, right? Like, yeah. So this was just, like, you know, find your own voice. And I was always like, what the fuck do you want? What do you mean find my own voice? Like, I don't fucking know what that means. And I'd have to think about it right now. I, it's too much pressure. I think I did it on my own. Not to take full credit. I'm sure I was hearing other But there's not some person that, keep, like, I can be like that person said it and I was like wow and all these things yeah, like, yeah. I actually kind of think I did that one on my own by like hearing people saying right. it I'm sure but it was like around like all of a sudden I was like oh 
Oh, find your own voice. Oh. oh. Sing where, like, it feels good in your voice. You know, like, it feels good in your throat. Sing notes that actually are in your range. Don't try to sound like someone else because you're not gonna, and then you're gonna sound worse. But it was a slow burn. It was like a 32-year burn. 34-year? I don't know when I got that one. How the fuck old are we? 36. <laughs> 100. No, not 100. We're not old. But yeah, 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 yeah. So that's all the still the same hangups that I have. And like also then the perfectionism of technique. Yeah. And okay, it is different, but I feel like I encounter that in grammar and sentence structure and parts of speech. Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A hundred percent. Did you really? Oh, podcasters, we're taking a picture of Maria because this is the part of the podcast. This will get posted with this podcast because she is holding her leg perpendicular to the ground, grasping her toe. I can't. I can't even explain it. Her foot is above her head, and this bitch just took a picture. And I took a picture. Um, absurd. Oh this God. is the part of the podcast Ray where... Ray's also a dancer at BTW. It's I so obnoxious. <laughs> just fuck around because I can't sit still. Right. <laughs> um, In the weirdest ways. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. It's <laughs> my art. <laughs> Stretching is my art? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. It kind of is. I know. I made some like bomb-ass yoga flows that like... Yes. ...are partially modern dance too. Oh, God, yes. Love that. No, wait, but what were we just saying? The finding your voice thing, but just, like, I think accepting, too, that I am, I am at the level, because that's when perfectionism kicks back in. What is it, like, learn the rules like a... Oh, you know, like, learn them to forget them thing? Yeah, or, like, yeah, like learn, learn them learn them like a pro so you can break them like a master or something. Something like that. Something like that. But having told myself for so long... I need to be more careful, I need to be better, I need to, like, use traditional grammar and sentence structure and, you know, Oxford commas to, like, make sure that people understand me. It's like, no, the right people are going to understand it, and I'm going to write the way it makes sense in my head. But beyond that, finding my voice is, like, breaking whichever rules I want whenever I want. Right. And, like, letting that have its own whatever right yeah because how many famous bands and singers and shit don't have nice pleasant voices mm-hmm. they don't their passion comes through right or they do something unusual or like whatever it is they're not following the rules of like singing has to sound nice right I know. And they're I know. like, and that's like the extreme example. But then example. I get, and, and then of course I use that as a reason to beat myself up too. We. Oh yeah, of course. We art is fun. <laughs> Which like reminds me how you were talking about a situation, something that you'll have to address in the near future. And I related so much because my brain does the exact same thing, but like how our brain will be like, yeah, that's not actually a problem. You'll have to address that at some point soon. It's kind of a big deal. Why aren't you stressed about it? You should be stressed about it. Right. You don't actually have to do anything about it, though, because that doesn't make sense yet. But it would make sense for you to just be stressed about it. Yeah, and, like, what is wrong with you that you're not stressed? Like, you should be stressed right now. Right, because if you were at least stressed about it, it would prove that, like, you care or right, something. Right, right. 
But don't actually do anything because it doesn't make sense to do anything yet. No, not the at all. The time is not now. And to also, do there's anything. kind of like nothing to do. So, like, yeah, if you're not going to do anything about it. Oh, but I since you're not do. doing anything, I. Okay, no, you know what? You should do something. Be stressed. <laughs> right. Since, you're, since it's since not you're, a good since idea. Since you've got some free time. Be stressed about it. Be stressed. <laughs> and it's like, what in the fuck is that programming? Like, no, think. Could I not? Could I just. I'm not. That is the most. Right counterproductive oh my god it's so obnoxious any of us spend energy on it and i want to say it's hardwired it's not though it's deeply ingrained because of our yes going back to like how our society is programmed but i just think it's so funny that like we literally broke it down and it's just like i logically know there's nothing to do i logically know that when there is something to do it won't be right now i also know when it does come time i will take care of it Absolutely. I will do it and it will be okay. I'm fully aware that it's not a problem. It's, it's simply, not a problem. It's simply something that will need attention. Mm-hmm. And the problem that I'm creating therein is that I am not stressed. And in order to alleviate that, I need to become stressed. <laughs> in order to alleviate not being stressed, I need to add a little stress. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like our brains oh do this. Oh my God. And it's so fucking unconscious. A thousand percent. Just like baked right in there. But now that we're trying to be so fucking conscious of things all the time, Maria, it's exhausting. It is. And now I just gotta like play out the goddamn patterns like along with that. And now I'm just running alongside these stupid patterns like, you're very annoying and you suck. <laughs> like I see you. I see you fucking pattern and I you're you. so annoying. Go away! And then you have to do that for two weeks straight. But it's better than not even realizing it's there and then just being stressed. <laughs> Right, right, but yeah, still, still being, like, asleep oh. at the wheel. But now I'm just, like, stressed about being stressed and trying, trying to figure out how, like, to not be stressed. But that's fascinating, though, because that's, like, the, mm-hmm. it's, like, this can sound really unnecessary and meta. Yeah. But it's it's actually just that we're going through things with a fine-tooth comb. It's true. To change patterns. Right. Informed by limiting beliefs that were either caused earlier in our lives or are embedded in society so that we can stop doing those fucking patterns (laughs) and actually get the things that we want in life in an easier, more productive way so that we can feel, at least for me, so that I can feel more free. Correct. And fucking plain old good. Right. Just so I can feel... And, and <laughs> playful and happy and fulfilled. Yep. So that's what we're doing. We're and not let me like give the example that we were talking about. It's my job stuff. So basically, I have a job right now, and it is a restaurant job. And I've worked at restaurants for years, and and then I took to the two years off and didn't work during the pandemic. And part of the narrative through the pandemic for me was trying to figure out if I wanted to be in restaurants anymore. Was that the best use of my time? I don't really want to be in restaurants anymore, blah, blah, blah. So knowing I didn't want to be in restaurants anymore, there became this voice of like, you're not going to go back to restaurants. That'll be like a step back if you do. Worked through all of that and then came to a like, no, I really need a job. It is my wheelhouse and I can, I'm going to approach it differently and it's now from a different angle. Long story short, I then got the job that I have now, but it's very different from my other restaurant jobs and I'm actually loving it. It's really hard work. It's really physically intense, like actually physically exhausting and all Maria's that. Maria's getting ripped. I'm getting ripped, no. But it's really, really nice and I make good money. But it's known that it's going to die off in the winter. 
and I'm going to have to get another job. So I know that. But what's funny is in the moment that we're recording this, I suddenly have a lot of work the next few weeks. And it had been pretty sporadic the last few months because of like events. They're sporadic. It depends on, you know, people booking events or whatever. So it's been like consistent, but not as busy. And suddenly I'm super busy the next month, which means lots of money. And I'm actually quite excited, even though it's also a little overwhelming because I'm not used to working this much because anymore. Because we like money. Please send us some. Oh, that's true. Yes. So everyone at the job is talking about how they like need to get another job. And the, when the winter comes, and many of them have worked there for a long time. So they already are used to that and like have routines or might have other jobs or just have done that. I have not done that before where suddenly I'm like, I have that. I was going to say looming, but that's the point. It's not to be like looming. It's just oh, like, that's so interesting. Right, that's like, looming that I have to get this job. But like, that's the point. Like, and not actually, when I really like stop and think about it, I am like trying to stress myself out of like, fuck, like, oh my God, like now I'm going to have to figure out another job. Like, well, what am I going to do? Well, should I stay in restaurants? What if I don't want to stay in restaurants? Is that limiting? Oh my God, should I not do that? Okay, maybe I could stay in a restaurant. What does that mean about me? Uh, what does that mean about me? Like, <laughs> or should I, am I ready to do other things that aren't the restaurant? Well, wait a minute. I haven't really been focusing on that this summer. Well, but then it's like, if you step back and it's like, wait a minute, I, first of all, haven't worked on other stuff this summer because I've been working this job and getting into that routine and acclimating back to living in this city where I haven't lived for nine months and saving some money and now I'm actually in a place where it's super fucking busy for the next four weeks and I'm working a ton and instead my brain wants to be like okay you should be really worried about how in two months or you don't even know because I have no idea what next month will look like so even if it was as recent as next month I have enough money put away I technically live with my mom right now I don't have rent I will be fucking fine and I'll go get a restaurant, another restaurant job, and that will be literally fine. Or I'll try to do something else. That'll be fine too. But like, it isn't something I need to do right now. And it's not something that is going to not work out or honestly be fine. And that I can't just do when the time comes. And instead my brain wants to be like, oh, okay, but you should be stressed about that. What's wrong with you that you're not stressed? Something is wrong with you that you're not stressed about it. You should be worrying. You don't seem to care. <laughs> Something. Right. No, it's it's incredible like, because you're like, not responsible. That's what it is. Like you're irresponsible. You be irresponsible by not being stressed out. What you illustrated so beautifully though was just that <laughs> this very aware and adult understanding of the situation that will be handled. Like you have full awareness of that. Yep. You've worked through all of that. And you have come to the conclusion that there is nothing to do right now. Mm-hmm. And your brain, correct, as mine does in the same situation, then goes, well, since there's nothing to do, you should be stressed and judged for it. Correct. Right. <laughs> Fill void of peace with, with stress, stress and, and judgment. judgment. <laughs> and I think we all do this. I know we all do this to ourselves. I know we all do this to ourselves. I was at my restaurant earlier today and a few moments before I was leaving had a conversation with a coworker, and we just like stumbled upon this fun little banter conversation <laughs> where we revealed to each other that all we're doing all day is walking around and shouting at ourselves in our heads to stop lying to ourselves <laughs> right so like we all do these things in our head and I think it's like actually really exciting that I mean high five to us for talking about it but 
it's becoming more... So many people are... So many people are able to observe themselves or are open to observing themselves. Which is like a new level of vulnerability, I think, too. Yeah, for sure. Because, I don't know, you and I have been doing this for a while. I get so encouraged when I see younger people doing it or when Mm -hmm. I see people that... I've known for years and like you and I have been doing this stuff, but a lot of our friends haven't to start to see a lot of them come to it as well yeah. of like being open to looking at themselves like this, because when it comes down to it, it's not that stress that your brain <laughs> wants to put in there. I think that has been so normalized. Absolutely. Like it's not been separated out. And it's been normalized as just like part of the process. The normalization of it is my brain telling me something's wrong with me. That I'm being irresponsible. Right. If right. I'm not and you're not taking enough. it seriously. I'm not taking it seriously. Right. Because that's been so... I'm not taking my life seriously. <laughs> it's been so intrinsically linked with that pocket of stress that your brain mm-hmm. is insisting be part of this. Mm-hmm. Or like my coworker and I, like the voice in our head that is lying to us that we are fully aware is lying to us, but that we also like can't you're get... you're a terrible person. Right, like... we also can't get it to shut up a lot of the no. times. Yeah. That is so... I feel like it just hasn't been parsed out as often before, but it's so responsible for like humanity is like by and large asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Because we just take that as I have to find a new job, therefore stress. Mm-hmm. They're not separate. I lost my job, therefore stress. Right. I have all these bills to pay, therefore stress. I had an argument with my friend, therefore stress. Right. I have to do this thing I don't want to do, therefore stress, therefore judgment, therefore this, therefore that. We have all these like external experiences that I think in our culture are like tied in with a normal quote unquote feeling or like like a default feeling that goes with it. And we never question or push back on that. Right. You know? Because like, well, right. Because also, especially, I can understand it. I'm there with you or I've done the same because I feel like people's automatic responses are like because that's stressful <laughs> you know what right. I mean it's like well losing your job is really stressful not having money is really stressful getting in a fight is really stressful and like I'm not saying that I'm not imitating that voice to make fun of it or judge it I'm saying that I'm like just acknowledging it because that's how I feel or have felt or I'm trying right. to acknowledge right now And I'm not saying that those things aren't stressful. Correct. But what I'm saying is what you illustrated a moment ago was like this very centered and grounded understanding of the circumstance and like the way in which that will play out Mm -hmm. and everything will be fine Mm -hmm. just as it is now. Mm -hmm. And yet that default was still kicking down the door. 100%. It's the, I have to get another job. Oh shit, that's so stressful. That's going to be such a stressful thing. Stressful process, stressful this, stressful that. Yeah. And for this specific situation, we can go back to just my specific situation. There is no reason to be stressed. No, there's not. So like you could, you could be totally unaware and just like be stressed about it. Which Um, is usually what I would do. I would just be anxious a lot right now. In the coming weeks, you know? And I think that layer of judgment, you're not taking it seriously or you're not being responsible, Mm -hmm. that is the last 
throes of that Correct. mentality existing within you in this particular situation. Right. It's like throwing the last of what it has at you. Right. Because you've already gotten down to the grounded logic root of it. Right. And then that part of your brain is like, well, fuck, we don't have anything else. Oh, dude, uh, like, rip no, down your character. <laughs> well, and you know what it would do then? It would just create a lot of avoidance behavior, which wouldn't even be necessary. Because it is all going to be fine. But it would mean that, like, say I have to get a job in a month. Say it turns, pretend in one month I find out that there's no more work for the season and I now need to get another job. In one month, I will then find another job. That's going to happen. Either way. Yeah, it'll it's now putting just, out covers. Of, what? You'll start putting out covers I'll just put on YouTube. Covers on YouTube and I will become a millionaire. But, like. <laughs> Hashtag make it happen. <laughs> but now that we're talking about it, I'm going to be, like, very cognizant of this going forward, obviously. But, like, if this were a few years ago. I would just be stressed for the next month and berating myself that I'm not looking or I haven't figured it out already. I'm doing something not right. And now in order to like not feel stressed out, I'm going to go hang out with my friends way too much or like stay up late or like not take care of myself or drink or like whatever, insert whatever thing to like quote unquote have fun Mm -hmm. to feel good. Right. But only because I'm avoiding that if I don't do that, I will constantly be feeling anxious that I haven't gotten a job yet or haven't like figured out the answer about the job. And you touched on something so interesting too. Mm-hmm. In the past, like years ago, you would have unconsciously been stressed. Yep. And then you would have been grabbing all over. All over. At something to have fun, to feel better. Correct. Where you could just, you could just feel better. <laughs> God, Sorry, that was really that annoying. Was bad. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> Flag. But no. Thank you for loving us through our darkness. That's literally it. It's not like I'm going to feel 100% better for the next month than I would have months ago. No, because years it ago. will, stuff like that will still take practice. Still take practice. And I'm not saying even that I will ever, I don't know what, there's no end goal to it. It's just constant right. practice right. for the rest of your life of practicing these different patterns when they come up in all sorts of different ways. All there's just like an infinite ways. amount of ways that we do it to ourselves. Infinitely. Right. So it's like, yes, paying attention to this one. Just like, that's what happened. Self abusive. Infinitely self abusive, right? And so there's infinite patterns to fucking untangle. But like, that's what I realized in the last couple of days. Maybe we should call the podcast that infinite self abuse. Infinite self abuse. (laughs) But like, that was what I felt clicking. The last week, last few days, where I was just, I kept catching myself wanting to be hard on myself about the job thing. I had the presence of mind, I didn't used to. To step back and be like, bitch, you're just stressed because you're looking at your busy schedule the the next month. And that's more understandable because you're tired. So now you're just going to need to like go with that right now. Why don't you work on that real quote unquote stress? It's not stress you're putting on yourself, but you're like tired. Take care of yourself. Right. Which is a valid stress. That's a valid stress. Not that the other stress isn't valid. I know you agree with me. I'm saying to the listeners. But I have more real physical stress because I'm tired and need to work on self-care right now and just need to focus on day-to-day giving myself rest giving myself nourishment like taking care of myself because I'm working a lot the next few weeks and it's physically taxing and they're really long hours and I work late so that could be my focus rather than trying to throw into the mix jumping ahead a month or two right. or three I don't even know yet solve three quote-unquote <laughs> problems from now solve three problems three problems from now that's right, right. When I could literally just not 
and not be stressed about it. Which, which again, easier said than done. There's but that's no, what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. That was even me being resistant. It's like, no, I literally could just not be stressed. Here's the other thing. This is why it's collective-ass trauma. Because my brain will actually go to other people's voices in my head. I know all of us do this. But, like, that's what literally was happening in real time. I was like, we could just not be stressed. And I felt like I heard someone else's voice be like, well, no, like, you can't, like, totally not be stressed. That's a stressful situation. Oof. You know what I mean? Like, it's stressful to not have a job. Because we all have the same stresses around money and jobs and stuff. Of course it's fucking stressful to not have money. You can't survive without it in the way we live right now. Right. And that's the mindfuckery of doing this work. Period. (laughs) (laughs) The mindfuckery of the work. It's true. You need money to survive. And yet you also, like, literally need to detach from money in order to find peace yes in order to come back around to getting money again (laughs) which makes me just want to say like it goes back to that thing of like in order to keep it you got to give it away right so we're going to take a pause and we'll be right back with some cards oh yeah and we're back (laughs) and we're back (laughs) all right so i had pulled some tarot before we recorded And now I'm just going to read the cards for fun because it seems to be the new thing we do. Great. What do we get? Attraction, which I thought was fun because of manifestation. Yes. Also, this card is pretty. That's pretty. I don't know. I like it from the deck because it's darker than most. And then child, child of shit. Or not. It doesn't matter. Attraction says, feeling pulled toward a person or calling, chemistry, temptation. Child says... Color outside the lines. Court a child's mind and invoke play. Children. Yes. Okay. It was a large leg kick from Maria. Wait, I want to say something really quick about attraction. Wonderful. I have recently encountered some really beautiful ideology about the purpose of our desires. And our desires are meant to serve us. Mm -hmm. They are meant to bring about whatever that thing is like they are meant for us we are worthy of them if you have a desire it was a gift given to you Mm -hmm. so that you can experience that thing Mm -hmm. and so much doubt and fear can come up around them especially like the bigger they feel or anything like that the attraction one that you read what were the words that went with it yeah chemistry temptation feeling pulled toward a person or calling Yes, that's what it was. Feeling pulled toward the calling. Mm-hmm. If you feel a pull for something, if your soul says, I want to go in this direction, it's not going to be loud. But like if your heart and soul will not let something go. Right. If something keeps coming back up, even if it's quiet, if there's something there, like that is like the universe giving you a gift and saying, this thing is for you. That's meant for you. Get the fuck out of the way and let it in. Yeah. <laughs> it is so true. Uh, it is just, so true. It the quiet, it's that. the quiet voices because all the other ones are so much louder. Right. Right. And that's like what MJ talks about all the time. Too, it's how, true. Like, Shout out MJ. Your intuition is quiet. Your heart and your soul. The, the calling of your soul towards something or someone it's so real and it's like probably going to be quiet and it's probably going to catch you off guard when you're like standing in a fucking field. (laughs) 
in those moments. You know the fucking truth. You know that thing you're supposed to go after. Like a mentor of mine just asked me, make a list of the things that like keep coming up that you want to do, that you've always wanted to do, that maybe you start doing and you never bring to completion. I know right away what that is. Mm -hmm. I know right away what that calling is. Mm -hmm. And it's not loud. It's so quiet. It's It's only there when I ask for it. Right. But when I ask for it, it comes right up. Right. Anyway, so that reminded me of the desire thing. Totally. There was something else there about the temptation that I thought was interesting. And I guess something I thought of too was we were just talking so much about stress and like being so ready to like replace peace with stress under the guise of being more of an adult, honestly, (laughs) or being more responsible or caring the way you're supposed to care, showing up when you're supposed to show up. Fitting in, belonging. Fitting in, belonging, feeling like everybody else, right? Like whatever. That attraction to the temptation is also so strong. Right. And the attraction to the addiction of stress, which like I know it's kind of become, there is a lot of conversation in the zeitgeist right now about our capitalistic addiction to stress, you know, but however you want to word it, there is this addictive quality to all of our stress and not being able to sit still and not being able to rest and not being able to sit with ourselves. And so you're so attracted to the... For sure. I think it's so... It can be really subtle too, but it is so much bigger of a thing in our society too because even if a person is doing what they love, we still want to talk about how hard we're working at it Mm -hmm. or how much we're sacrificing. Mm -hmm. All of these words that are quite honestly just like a bunch of repackaged martyrdom Mm -hmm. that show like how much I am stressing. Yeah. To like do the thing that I love. Right. I'm such a hard worker. Right. So I deserve it. Right. I I'm deserve like, it all this stuff I'm that I'm, so I'm giving up to do this thing that's so big and wonderful, but I love it. So I'm like noble. I must something. suffer for my art. Yeah. Yes. Noble. Yeah. It's it's the uh, yeah the the martyr artist thing. Mm-hmm. Suffering for my art or artist. my my craft or your passion or whatever and like. Fascinating. All right, that all was right. fun. The end. What's now next? we have the ram. I know these <laughs> cards are hilarious. This deck no, is... No, I was pop- thinking oh, about your gram- gremlin. I'm sorry. Oh, 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 oh the ramel. <laughs> <laughs> it's my um, portmanteau gremlin that lives in my head, and I pulled ram and camel and immediately thought, ramel. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this is from the Cosmic Creatures deck, which we like to refer to as the modern Lisa Frank deck. Shout Lisa- out to Lisa Frank and my 90s kids. Lisa Frank for adults. Lisa Frank for adults. Because, like... But on. not, like, in a pornographic way. That's right. <laughs> but the ram is also Aries, so that's cute. And oh, hey. And, and me, AF. <laughs> the camel's Aquarius. Is it? No. Oh, my God. You're laughing. You were just like, watch, watch the weird. camel be a character. No, and why did I just say, is it? Like, yes, the camel is one of the zodiac <laughs> animals. Shut up. I just meant because it's weird and it would fit. It would, though. It would. It it's would. Like, camel? <laughs> Aquarius. Okay. Ram. Of all the am- of all the signs, if a camel was a sign, it would be Aquarius. It would. You're right. You're absolutely right. Please proceed. I already love this. Ram. Leader. Warrior. Achievement. Grab life by the horns. The ram boldly shows you the way to step outside your comfort zone and embody the role of the leader. The road ahead will test and challenge you, and the ram assists in providing much-needed stamina for the journey ahead. 
The top of its head is flanked by two spiral horns, giving this cosmic creature a special power to activate your mental capabilities, combining imagination with initiation. You have the ability to envision the future, and the ram is assigned to take action to build your ideal tomorrow. The ram is a warrior, charging headfirst to achieve its goals and reach new heights. Follow your curiosity to stimulate your greatest asset, your mind, as you will be surprised where it leads you. Remove obstacles by reframing your thoughts. There are many ways to solve a problem. The ram expands your horizons by encouraging you to absorb as much knowledge as you can. With knowledge comes power. I have a question for our listeners. Yes. Now, be all of that as it is. How stressed do you think the ram is? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That was like everything we just talked about. I know, because this happens every time. And nowhere in there. Did they mention that the Were they like, and you should be stressed. super stressed out because there's a lot going on and you have many things to achieve and do. And, and many things to judge yourself And many about. things to judge yourself about and be mean to yourself for. <laughs> wow. Camel. Journey. Oasis. Reserve. In the hot desert, the camel treads across the sand underneath the beaming sun, a searing landscape that only the toughest can handle. The camel guides you to find your own inner oasis, regardless of the climate of your current situation. Oh my god, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Find your happy place and retreat into it whenever you need space to restore and restock your reserves. This doesn't have to be a physical spot. It can also be a stillness in the mind. The camel is able to travel long distances, carrying the weight of hopes, promises, and treasures from faraway lands. Summon the camel to help you with your own pilgrimage journeying from one land to another and bringing the depths of your own identity into a new world. The camel reminds you that you can handle the tough terrain and can offload burdens that are weighing you down. You are in it for the long haul, which you are more than ready for. I'm just going to leave that one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Of course, because these are absurd and ridiculous. Okay. And then the last ones, which I think are great as well. Love this deck. The first deck, by the way, was the Synchronicity deck by Kathy Nichols, and I fucking love that deck. And now this one is Angels and Ancestors by Kyle Gray. We got Snake, which I love this one. Shed old skin. Message. Cast off the old. Reveal your true colors, talents, and gifts to the world. In many spiritual traditions, the snake offers powerful medicine. In tantric teachings, it symbolizes the kundalini, which is the powerful serpentine energy within that allows you to reach your highest spiritual potential. When the sacred ones saw a snake in nature or encountered one in a dream, They knew that there was transformation in the air. For me, the snake card not only represents the shedding of old skin, but moving beyond the limitations caused by carrying the venom of negative thoughts about others or the past. Extended message. The energy of renewal is washing over your life at this time. If for some reason you feel that your true self hasn't been recognized or you've been misread by others, know this energy is now leaving you. As you've been working through your old stories and all the self-limiting beliefs that you've accumulated along the way, (laughs) you've been peeling away a shield of skin that has created limiting experiences. Your own personal commitment to growth has been recognized, and now the external world will begin to reflect all of the work that you've been doing within. Okay. (laughs) If you feel someone... They can't see you, Maria. (laughs) You can see me. (laughs) 
If you feel someone you love has misunderstood you recently, they will be able to see beyond that if you're willing to recognize your own challenges. This is a time for renewal, abundance, and connection. Let yourself be reborn and celebrated. Yes. Feel like making love. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Don't know where that came from. That's a good sure. one. Amazing. And then we're going to finish it with... That's a great one. Wise one, which I really like this card a lot too. Wise one says, grow within your current situation. No. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Okay. Knuckle down. Be reliable and committed. Be open to wisdom and insights from your elders. The wise one represents the wisest aspect of the goddess, the crone. In paganism and modern Wicca, the crone is the fiercest, most psychic, and most aware aspect of the goddess because she has been through many of life's challenges and overcome many setbacks. On this card, the raven in her hands represents the capacity to overcome the darker times and be reborn again and again. So she helps you to tap into wisdom to overcome whatever life throws at you. Wisdom being the information stored in your soul rather than the knowledge acquired in this lifetime and to learn from the experience of your elders. The wisdom of the wise one is based on something that the younger generation is often lacking, commitment and reliability. Ooh, haterade, just kidding. <laughs> When this card appears, you're being guided to continue working on your growth and expansion within your current situation. Be committed to your tasks and projects. It can be very easy to get bored or overwhelmed, but persevere. You're being reminded of how it feels to be let down and experience unreliability, and that is not who you were born to be. So keep working on what you're working on, because it's going to be extremely beneficial for you in the long run. Good one. That was a good one, but for the first time, I just read it, and I was a little like... Bitch. And, yeah, I was just like, did a boomer write this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Be reliable. Old, that old tip. No, I think that's true for sure on like our, our personal growth and what we're doing. And we want to keep committing and following through and stuff. But yeah, something did come up a little bit with that one just now where I was like, I don't know, the younger generation. Usually I kind of just laugh at that. But just now I was like thinking, just okay. being weird at the end. Amazing. You've come to the right place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, the thing that came up for me something about messages from elders and I remembered that a dear dear friend of mine who was much older it was the three-year anniversary of her death a few days ago mm-hmm. and I completely forgot until I was getting in bed and so I was just like talking to her for a minute and was like okay, I have a couple questions can you come talk to me in my dreams like I, I didn't have a dream that same night but the next few nights, I have had dreams. Yeah, you're such a fucking dreamer. How the fuck I do you make that happen? I have had dreams that don't answer the questions, but they indicate. Sure. And I did not even fucking put that together until you were reading that. Ooh, yeah. So, thank you, Mark. I love you and I miss you. Ugh, you and your fucking dreaming. But aw. Mm. Yeah, I remember that. Mm. Yeah. So on that note, see you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a great way to wrap it up. That was a banger. All right. We love you all. It has been a pleasure. And I think we've solved all the world's problems. So. Yep, there aren't any more. So we're going to come up with something to be stressed about next week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know what it is. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and most importantly, share. This episode was hosted by Maria and Maria. Theme music composed and performed by Maria. Logo design by Maria. Recorded and produced by Maria. 
snacks provided by Maria, moral support provided to Maria by Maria.